Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, good evening to day three of the Premier League Daily Pod here from Online Darts, the only podcast giving you daily insight into the action we have seen at the Unibet Premier League. Uh, my name is Jack Gobby Garwood and I am your host for today's show. Uh, Charlie Eaton has taken a night off and what a night off he has chosen to take. Uh, I'm ably joined by Scott Mitchell and Cameron McFarlane as we talk through Day three of nine, yes, nine Premier League nights uh, before Judgment Night. <laughs> Boys, thank you very much for joining me at this hour. Uh, Cal, I'll start with you because you were on the roundup as well. Uh, fantastic night overall. Um, this Premier League just keeps delivering, really, I think. It really does. It's been a little bit more exciting than maybe we thought it might have been. There was some of us that were slightly underwhelmed by the lineup, but they delivered so far the first three nights, haven't they? Yeah, I think you're right. And Scott, I think you were on the pod last night. I wasn't, so I just want to throw that out there. Oh, um, that's the way. Yeah, last night was good, I thought. Last night was when the Premier League really kicked into gear. Tonight, I think. Not in all five games, but in a majority, we've seen that extra level as well as as the league table starts to take its shape. Yeah, last night it was a case of the the big names wetting you down in terms of the Peter Wright Van Gaal thing, but overall the standard has been quite entertaining to watch. And when you throw in a nine data on a night, if anyone wants to complain about sitting down for three hours and seeing that, then you don't love that. So yeah. Yeah, I, I tried to drop a, a slight hint about the nine uh, previously. We will get to that in a second. As I said, Jarliff took a an interesting night to choose off. We just got a text about, what time was it? About half ten going, did I actually miss a nine data tonight? Yes, yes, you did, mate. And I hope you enjoy editing this shortly. Uh, we won't keep mentioning it too much, honestly, I swear. Um, so... There isn't really anywhere else to start as we look back at tonight's action, gents. The final game, as we've just said, included the magical nine-dart leg. 
Johnny Clayton uh, beating Jose de Souza 7-3. Uh, this game had it all. As we said, Johnny hitting the magical nine-dart leg before reading off uh, further legs of 11 and 12 darts. Those last three legs for Johnny, uh, 32 darts to win three legs, 140 average. Uh, this also had the, the guaranteed miscount between the two of Clayton and de Souza. But in the end camp, Johnny Clayton was magnificent. He was. He was absolutely incredible. Um, them last three legs to fire in a 9, an 11 and a 12 to wrap the game up from a point where it was fairly close at 4-3. I mean, he, he doesn't fire that 9 in and Jose levels it up and anything could happen, but he just, he just switched to another gear and finished it off. I'm going to get in there first of all. We've got to talk about what is Jose de Souza doing you've got 70 left how many times in his life has he thrown at 70 more times as a soft hit player it's probably 20 ball well that's true but it's certainly not 54 24 because that's no, 78 it's never been 54 24 <laughs> <And> it's just <laughs> it's too many times we see this from him his scoring on the 19s tonight was was brilliant it was it was really good and he got it right a couple of times with the counting and then then he did that and instead of going 3 2 up he then doesn't take out 70 the second time after busting it the first time johnny takes that leg and He's never behind again in the match and then reels off those last three and 32 darts to wrap it up. Yeah, Scott, I come to you on D'Souza and, and that 19 hitting. I mean, he's averaged 108.48, lost 7-3 to Johnny Clayton, who's averaged 105, which when you bear in mind, he's averaged 140 for three of those 10 legs as well. The rest is significantly below that at times. And yet he didn't look comfortable up on that stage at all. It, 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 I just don't understand how you can put those sort of numbers in and, and look like you'd rather be doing absolutely anything else because it's not really working for you. No, you're, you're bang on to say he didn't look comfortable at times. Whenever someone switches to the, the 19s straight, straight off the bat, it never gives you confidence. But I've seen Michael Van Gerwen doing that in the past and there's not much of Michael Van Gerwen's game that you don't want to copy. Cam said said something there that was bang on. He said Clayton went up a gear at a certain point in the match, and that's that's when it was lost. To the stupid miscount from the Souza. It was a tight game. Johnny was there for the taking, and then the first seven or eight legs, that is when you had to take him. But you've missed his chances just through mismanagement of the game rather than just poor darts. You see, he didn't look comfortable, which is true. But if he just did the standard setup, the standard basic things. He probably would have taken a point out of this game. But yeah, as, as you said, he didn't, and Johnny clicked up the gear. And it's it's not Johnny B good at the moment, it's Johnny too good. In 9, 11, and then 12 to finish the match, he's he's on fire. And I can't wait to see him play Van Gerwen at some point. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that after the performance we saw from the Green Machine tonight. Perhaps didn't set that one up brilliantly after the first few night performance watch from Van Gerwen, but. He seems to have turned a corner. We'll get to that one shortly. Um, I mean, we've, we've mentioned it enough times, the nine data. Uh, we, we haven't got um, Clayton's interview for you to play tonight, but that one is available on our YouTube channel. We're going to play you uh, Dimitri Vandenberg when we get on to his game shortly. 
Um, but to produce that moment of, of brilliance with the form that, that Johnny's been carrying, there was plenty of discussion before this Premier League about Clayton being one of the most informed players in the world, but not potentially not putting it down, if you like, in this Premier League. He's got a running average of 103. The next closest is 99. He's, he's just ridiculous. And my favourite moment of the nine was the commentators not realising the treble 19 was in and then panicking when the camera panned to double 12 and realising they had to call something in as a nine data. It was it was brilliant. And to be fair, it was one that would have got a ridiculous reception if, I'm going to keep saying it, if we had fans in, boys. It would have. It really would have. I think when we do get fans back as well, Johnny Clayton is going to be the new love of everyone in darts. I think everyone's absolutely love what he's done this year so far and just imagine a full arena for that (laughs) it's just oh I just can't even put it into words how good it would have been do you think you'll be able to carry on that form though Cam that was literally my next question to both of you how long can Johnny Clayton keep playing at this level because he before the World Cup he was sort of like a a 16th to 24th player in the world, flitted between that a little bit. Um, but he's just seen this meteoric jump and rise in form. And because it's been such a, a massive leap in one go, that's where I'm worried that it drops back down again. We've seen it from Rob Cross before. Um, who else have we seen it from? Nathan Aspinall has, has hit those heights and then struggled a little bit and, and dropped back down. Gary Anderson had two very, if not three, very, very good years. Van Gerwen, the same. Like, these guys, it's, it's difficult to maintain that level of performance forever. And there are going to be drops. It's just, is he, is this his, is this his normal game now? Or is he just managing to play at a ridiculous level? And at some point, it is going to drop. It's a tough one. It is a tough one to kind of figure out. He seems a really level-headed, calm sort of character, but we've never seen him do this in front of the fans, and he was struggling in getting over the line, over the line in close games. So, as much as he seems a calm character, it's very different to actually do it when the pressure's on and it's happening. And I suppose the biggest thing is... How good's it going to be to find out? It's going to be brilliant, isn't it? Get people back in there and watch it. And hopefully he can, because it's absolutely brilliant, some of the stuff that he's playing. Yeah, completely agree. A word on D'Souza then before... D'Souza, sorry. Before we move on to game number two, uh, eighth in the Premier League on that solitary point, uh, just above James Wade on leg difference as it stands. Um, look, the average tonight was brilliant, but he let it slip at that bizarre moment. Um, I just, I'm not sure where the points come from to keep him up at the minute. He's he's looked steady without being spectacular. And he's had, in all three games so far, he's had runs or moments of three or four legs where he's looked very, very good and then dropped it off again. It, it's like, this format is too long for him to be able to maintain that burst at the minute. Tomorrow is absolutely huge for him, in my opinion. Without looking too far ahead, it's it's Nathan Aspinall tomorrow. And that's the guy you would imagine is going to be there or thereabouts in the same position as him, rough, whatever he finishes in the league. 
he's, he's had a total of six points to get so far and has picked up one. And he, if we were honest, he's probably thrown one away against Gary Anderson. And either one or two away tonight with Clayton's form in the early stages. And then uh, one against Rob Cross, he's thrown away at least probably three points from this start. And that's not something you can afford to do in the Premier League. He needs at least a draw tomorrow, but with how wasteful he's been just in legs and in points, yeah, just wasteful is the word that we used to describe him. It is wasteful, and it's it's just amateurish at times. Yeah. Like Because it's not, he's darts a lot of the time, and you cannot do that at this level. It's not good enough. It's not that difficult to learn where you're going with your finishes, especially when you do it day in, day out, every single day on the practice board. You learn very quickly, and it's just it must be concentration. It's nothing else. There's no way you're telling me that he can't add up 54 and 16 to 70. I guess it's it's just a moment of panic when he's when he stood behind the opponent. I just I just cannot comprehend it. Like I said this on the opening night pod, and I'm I'm gonna say it again. This is now Jose's job. Well, the thing is, he's off to fit kitchen next week or, or whenever it is that he's allowed to return to... I, I hope he's not adding up the measurements. <laughs> <laughs> just right. You've got to calculate for that, and you? Like, just something there to do it for you. Um, he's a Grand Slam champion. He's definitely got the ability to be a, a top 10 player. We've seen that in glimpses. But now that this is a chance to make a, a serious career for him for a couple of years, because without being disrespectful, he's not the youngest man in the field. He's not. 40, 47, all right. We've seen plenty of players peak later. But he's at the, he's on a crest at the minute and he needs to keep that going and he, he's going to let it slip and it's going to start getting to him if he keeps making these kind of mistakes. Because in the past, he's been getting away with it. But he's being punished for it. Now he's playing the top the other nine best players in the world in inverted brackets. I was going to say, this is the way the Premier well, League feels. Let's not me. get into that. Let's not get into <laughs> that debate right now. Right. Let's not. And let's move on then to uh, game number two of the evening. We're actually going number two for the second game. We're going to talk about it was Glenn Durant nil, Dimitri Vandenberg seven, the 12th whitewash in the history of the Premier League uh, between two stable mates. Um, I don't really know where to start with this one, boys. Just a 93 or 94 average for Dimmy, 84.4 for Glenn. Um, his Glenn Durant's back is really up against the wall at the minute, Scott. It was a painful watch, wasn't it, to be honest. I said something last night, uh, I was on the podcast, and I said I worried at the point that Glenn Durant's going to be crucial to the relegation battle purely because who can who can beat him by more? And that is it. And sadly, after tonight's performance, I feel that, that that's going to be it. He was talking before the tournament about how he didn't want to get battled 7-0 every week. And I think, I think that mentality has just been in his head from the get-go. How much... The only caveat I can possibly give to this is that for the first what, 12 darts in, in the game... He looked polished, he looked back to the start, and then he just crumbled on the doubles and just never got back going. So I don't know how you feel about, did that first leg kill him, or was it always just going to be a tragedy for him? What do you think, Cam? I, I, think, I think you're probably right. If he takes that out first start at a double, then it's a very, very different game, probably. 
But the fact it wasn't just that he missed, he then missed again, and Dimi missed a few in that first leg as well. Mm. And it could have gone completely the other way. I, I'm not sure that Glenn is in any sort of form where he could have whitewashed Dimi, but if he's the one that gets over the line in that first leg, then it changes the complexion of the game completely. But after that point, it just... You, he never looked like getting a leg really today. I think the sheer number of misses did not help him in that leg. Like if he misses once and Dimmy comes back and punishes him straight away, fair enough. It was a steady leg. I'll go again. The fact that he had so many opportunities to win that first leg and didn't get over the line. I mean, it was eventually one in 23 darts. Yeah against the throw. So Glenn's had eight visits to the board and he's left one three two after nine. It's just not not good viewing for Glenn at all. And there's a lot of of sympathy going around for Glenn at the minute. Nobody wants to see a player struggle the way that he's playing. It, it's been a long time coming this form, but as he is the reigning champion, he's in the field. And the issue with this Premier League in particular is there's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to go and, and put it right. There's no gap. There's no breather. There's nowhere to go and work on your game. You've been battered for the last two nights and you're getting back up and you get up in the morning and you've got to do it all over again for the first five nights at least. And as I said, there's a lot of sympathy going around at the minute and, and fair play to Dimitri because he echoed that as well and, and is one of the players in the field that is, is trying to motivate Glenn. So that's what he said in his interview. That's what we're going to play for you now. So take a listen to Dimitri talking in his post-match interview. Dimitri, Dimitri, congratulations. A very tough game up there, but the important thing is, was two points to your tally on the league table. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I said before we had to play, uh, I've, uh, like, um, I literally did say to him, like, let's have a great game. And I really wished him that as well. I, I meant it. I wanted to play a great game against him. But for some reason, the first leg, we both missed heaps of doubles. And yeah, after that, he didn't really perform. He didn't really score incredible. And then me with my ball finishes, I don't think that helped either. At the end of the day, I can only just say I've done my job. I've gave my best. I've fought in the mind. It was a mental strong, uh, like a mental difficult game. And winning it 7-0 is something I didn't expect it. Even though you said you've done your job, is it still a tough one to swallow? Because we know how good a friend Glenn is and he just doesn't look like himself up there at the moment. Yeah, I came down after that. I played the game and I said straight away to the manager, out of all the players here in this building, I have to be the one that wins 7-0 against him. And I was feeling a bit of a heartbreak because I feel with him and I wish him the best and I wish him well. Because like I said the other day, he's a great person on and off the board. But then again, I've also learned from someone else, if he wins 7-0 against you, he would be walking around with a big smile. And that just changed my thought. Timmy, you're here to do your job. It's not just you and your pal playing a game. It's here you and doing the business. And that just turned it around. And yeah, I take that one on. As, it, as we are now, you sit top on leg difference after three games. That must give you so much confidence that you are top of the pile amongst the elite. Yeah, in the elite, topping the table, something I was 
actually, to be honest, surprised of because I thought even if I win a 7-0, that wouldn't have been enough because Michael played a 7-2 and a 7-3 win in the last two days. I was like, oh, a 7-0 is not going to help me. But yeah, I'm, I think I'm on plus nine. And that is a bonus. I didn't, never have ever expected myself to be in this position. So yeah, chin up. I'm enjoying the moment. I still am. Is the belief now there that you could go on and add many more TV titles to your world match play? I'll just take it day by day. I'm not going to run ahead of myself. I know I've done it before. And I just hope that all the work that I put in at the end of the day is going to pay off. And that's all I can say. That's all I can think of. I'm not going to run ahead. I keep my feet on the ground and I stay level-headed. That's for sure. Dimitri, congratulations as always, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, Dimi. Congratulations on your result tonight. Um, does it change your mind a little bit? You came in like three nights ago. You were the underdog. You are the debutant. We didn't know what to make of you. It was all new. Tonight, you're top of the table. Does that put pressure on you? No, because everything still is new. I'm still experiencing days, games, moments that I never had before. But I'm winning. And when you're winning, you're on a kind of a wave. And yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll ride a wave. I'll just stay happy. I'll enjoy the moment. This is an experience I never thought I would be experiencing. And I am. And yeah, okay, I'm in, in the top of the table. But tomorrow is a new game. It's a new day. It's a new opponent. And yeah, just get back to business. Focus yourself. Um, I'll have some food. I'll go to bed, have a good sleep. And that's the important thing for getting myself ready for tomorrow. Uh, one of your heroes, Kevin De Bruyne, signed a new deal at Manchester City today where he's earning £300,000 a week. Is that an aim for you to be the next Belgian superstar and earning mega bucks? No, no, not at all. Um, for me, the aim is just to win that much money that I can have a beautiful life and in the future I can give my own children a beautiful life and give him the best chance to have a good degree and study. But the other thing that I would love to do is meet all of these great players. Lukaku, Nainggolan, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Courtois, Hazard, you know, that would be insane to actually meet the full uh, national soccer team of Belgium. Soccer, football, whatever you call it. That would be insane if I ever meet these guys. And obviously it's going to be different in their lifestyle to mine. But that would be insane. <laughs> That's for so, sure. So what about a nice Belgian double? You win the Premier League and Belgium win the Euros this year. Right. Well, they have a big chance to win the Euros. And if they do, I just hope I can follow them. But hey, we're only on night three. There's still lots of nights ahead of us. Let's just hope that this continues in the way I can play. Good stuff. Listen, congratulations. Thanks for your time, Dimitri. Thank you very much, Mr. Lenning. Jimmy, just one from me. Um, I'm sure Glenn has given you plenty of advice since you've been in the, the same management stable. If there was any advice you could give Glenn now, what would it be? Yeah, the only advice I can give is whatever is in your mind, whatever pressure is on your shoulders, it's time to forget about it. It's time to start with a neutral mind and get back to business it's a, a game that has to be in a mental place so if you get your mind settled into a basics way work from there 
in the past is in the past. You're not going to change it anymore. There's no chance to change your past. Work for your future. And that's how I do it. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes you win. That's just part of this. But whatever you lose, don't take it up. Like, don't take it for granted that you lost. Just work harder for the next one. And I know that he can. I just don't know when. But, oh, Glenn, come on. Get back to your old self because you're a quality mate. That's what I think and that's how I feel about him. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Demi, and congratulations on tonight. Thank you, Josh. Dimitri, congratulations on your second victory of the Premier League. Uh, for someone that's won 7 0, you don't seem as upbeat as I expected. Um, is that because of who you whitewashed tonight? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, as soon as I won the game, it was already during the game that I had mixed feelings. But after that, I actually won the game. Yeah. I wanted to make him feel better, but there's just no chance. And I don't I don't have the greatest words. I don't have the best words, but I wish I had. I wish I could tell him stuff that makes him forget everything and that he can come here tomorrow and, and be the free player that I am. Come here and just love the moment, love the tournament. Every experience you have at the Premier League, come on. Why don't you just go there, love it, enjoy it, and yeah, be be happy. I just hope that I can can give him that kind of advice in the, in the next few days, maybe a week and a half. When you come together to shake hands at the end, what did you say to Glenn? Not much. There was just not much I could say. I just shaked his hand. I wanted to look in his eyes, but even though I wanted to do it, I couldn't because it hurt me. Even though I won it, like even though I won the game, it hurt me that it happened this way. I didn't want to smash him seven 0 not at all. But yeah, something in the sky has written that I had to win it seven 0 On a positive note, you are top of the table going into into night four. Um, have you looked at any targets? Obviously, you play Peter tomorrow night. No, there were no targets for me. There is just me that every night is going to go up there and enjoy the moment, make sure that I'm prepared well so I can give them my best games or a strong game. Just like I said the days before, if they want to beat me, they have to play well, and I intend to keep it. But I have to do my business. I have to do my job, get myself to a good sleep, get myself to good preparation, and then bang on, get on that stage, enjoy the moment, live, have a smile, and focus. Yeah, that was Dimi talking in his post-match interview. Um, let's talk about the young Belgian then, boys. Superb last night in stealing a win from Nathan Aspinall, shall we say. The last few legs were superb from Dimi. Not quite the same level of performance tonight, but it didn't really need to be. And actually, a 7-0 win has snuck him to the top of the table. Yes, it has. Um he, I've never seen Dimmy quite so subdued as after he won that game. He's usually the happy, smiling, chatty, talkative guy. And he just he seemed like he felt really bad for Glenn. And I'm not going to say I completely like that. Yeah, it's good that he's he wants him to do better. But if someone's there for the taking 7-0, go and take him 7-0 and don't apologise for it. Um, but yeah, Dimmy again... It, Another couple of ball finishes as well from Dimi. That one two nine was lovely. He did some great stuff at times. Another three one eighties. I think he's is it 
11 or 12 now over three nights. He's pretty good on the treble 20 as well. It's a good start for him. Yeah, it is. I'm going to chuck out my cliche there. You can't win the Premier League on opening night, but you can lose it. And he is building a nice little platform to be where he is at the minute. He's, he's a stageman and he's absolutely loving it on five points. You suspect, with the way the field has gone at the minute, that avoids relegation already because he's going to pick up more points than that, at least the way he's playing. He is job done into the second phase of the tournament and can now go about picking off points to put himself into that final four. He can. Uh, just to touch on another thing, just touching back on Glenn for a moment. And obviously, he messaged out on Twitter earlier about the fact that he's loving all the support he's getting and it's it's keeping him going. But he also mentioned in that same um, tweet about the fact that he came into the PDC, everyone telling him he couldn't do it, he wasn't good enough and he proved everyone wrong. Is he suffering a little bit from the fact that he's kind of in everyone's good books where everyone likes him now and everyone's supporting him and he hasn't got a point to prove. Awesome. I, I'm not someone that's straight, as, as bizarre as this sound, I've, I think it's one of the biggest myths and darts that people said he couldn't make it in the PDC. I, I don't know where, where that really comes from. So, so maybe it is. He just has to create this goal in his mind, this antagonist, this enemy that he has to fight against. Maybe... maybe Maybe it is, but to be honest, I think he's just so devoid of confidence right now that I don't I don't think anything can get him out of this one. He just needs to take to take his medicine for these nine weeks and go home and then not play in front of the cameras for a while. It's actually this is probably a poison chalice for him right now having to do this at this point and you just you just feel sorry for him, don't you? The plus side, it's only it's only nine nights and not nine weeks, so at least he's, yes, mate, yeah. at least he can get out of it early. And, and, and well, you say that, what? but with nine weeks, you've got six days to put it right, and a couple of pro tours in between. He just just doesn't have that ability to go and play darts and find a result because that's what he needs. He needs a result or two to keep going because even his super series before this just wasn't picking up anything. Winning is as much a habit as losing can become, and he's just not able to turn anything around. Although before we get too sympathetic, what, what is, is it 30 grand for finishing bottom? Oh, yeah. yeah Which so, is basically I mean, because he won last year, so he's got 280 grand from two years of Premier League plus the sponsorship that comes with it to go on the shirts, etc. So, so I mean, right, so doesn't it doesn't his ranking, but... doesn't it his ranking, but 140 grand a year for two tournaments, no matter how up and down you look at it, for nine nights, I'd stand there and get battered for nine yep. nights for 30 grand. I'd probably do it for about 300 quid, to be honest. I, um, I think I'd actually get battered rather than playing darts. Unless someone just hit me for nine weeks. I could be arranged, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'd be at the top of the queue, pal. But... Not sure where I'm going to get 30 grand from, but, you know, if you just fancy a boxing match, you know, just let me know. Right, let's, uh, before we get caught up, on this anymore let's move on to game of three and for the very very first time in an exceptionally long time if not ever apart from the finals night Michael Van Gerwen played first in an evening in the Premier League and when I say play 
The green machine turned up today, boys. 107.58 average, 7-3 victory over Rob Cross, who averaged 97 himself. Uh, the last couple of times these boys have met in the group stage as well, Cross has only got two legs. So we've got three legs this time against 107 average. Pretty impressive. But the green machine is back in fighting form, Cam. He is. Uh, the first thing I said as soon as that game finished was that was a bit more like it, especially off the back of last night where we were expecting fireworks between him and Peter Wright. He he truly delivered tonight. He was he looked back to his very best. There's four one eighties in there, nearly fifty percent on his doubles as well. A couple of ton plus finishes, including one to wrap it up. Cross played pretty well as well. I mean, he's averaged ninety eight pretty much and fifty percent on his doubles himself. I know he's only had six starts at a double because of the way that Van Gerwen's played but Rob Cross looked back to a little bit at least like some of his better form and he was never in the game I suppose you get a bit protected average wise if you're not getting darts at a double if your opponent is throwing 107 average against you you just have to score steady and you're not going to get many look-ins um, but still Scott, I want to talk about the emotion we're seeing from Van Gerwen. I don't think I've ever heard him roar as loud as he is at the minute. And I want to open it up as well, talking about the rest of the field. We're seeing more emotion from Nathan Aspen again than we have done in, in recent performances. Peter Wright, uh, in his interview, uh, that's available on our YouTube channel as well. We'll get to that one when we speak about him. Uh, he mentioned on opening night he was trying to get himself G'd up. The, with the absence of the crowd, do you think these players are leaning on that to, to try and get themselves going? Yeah. Obviously, you wouldn't notice Gerwin Price wasn't in it with the amount of rolling that's going on. But <laughs> yeah, I, I 100% think you're right. With the players that feed off the crowd, they're trying to kick staff at themselves whilst there isn't uh, the crowd to go on. Especially with the likes of Michael, who's struggled for for form of it, he's just letting his opponent know that the the that the beast is awakening and that soon he's going to take full form. I think the, the biggest compliment I can play is his game tonight. Is after about seven legs when he had that lead, I was just convinced that he was going to win it. I was just bored of the game sort of thing. If we look back to games last year he was getting broiled in situations where he didn't have to but tonight he just looked so in control and I don't think there was a single viewer watching who honestly believed that he was going to get turned over so yeah I think he is starting to, to evolve somewhere back to what we used to see but I like that arrogance is coming back in those roles it's amazing what can happen over three nights because you mentioned about getting embroiled and he did that open night with Dimitri. He yep. looked very steady out the block, let Dimitri back into the game and had to take out 101 to win it. Last night, Peter Wright didn't push him at all. Um, put that down to illness, but Van Gerwen wasn't quite level. And tonight, he's just, he just turned it on ridiculously. Um, let's talk about Cross. He does look in a lot better shape. We have to admit, he is potentially going to play the role of the spoiler. I don't think he's going to accumulate enough points to get into the top four. But at the minute, I think he's potentially on track to avoid relegation. Um, he, he's certainly in there fighting. He's, he's playing a lot better and, and picking up maybe more results than we expected from him at the minute. He's fifth at the minute. Um, obviously, that is on leg difference. Um, 
over Gary Anderson and Peter Wright as it stands. Back to the roaring, basically. We're not seeing that animation from Cross. We haven't seen that double-handed pump to the side when he hits a 180. And some of the more subdued players in the field as well. We're not seeing it from Glenn Durham. We're not really seeing emotion from Gary Anderson. James Wade is not one to give you emotion. Johnny Clayton as the exception, the players that don't do that at a minute are the ones that seem to be struggling. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it, it's got to be really difficult to adjust to it, but it has been a while now and they should be starting to. I think the... The players that are giving it a little bit more now, it's, I don't know whether it's the girl in prize fights, the fact that he's gone out there and won the world champs and got to number one in the world that everyone's thinking, we've got to do this now to try and to try and match him and keep it going and everyone else is giving it a bit more. A bit like DeChambeau in golf, hitting it a million miles and everyone else feels like they have to. <laughs> I don't know whether it's a bit of that in it, but I yeah, I think... Rob Cross, he's, I don't think you'll ever see him massively animated. He's not that no, sort I'm, I'm of I'm not character. expecting him to be at the same level as Price, but we've seen more from Van Gogh than we used to. He was always a pretty animated character to start with, though. Like That drew a lot of criticism in the early days from the likes of, of Phil Taylor and the more established and senior players on tour, if you like. Um, Dozer is, is actually a lot more animated than we ever first thought and ever gave him credit for, I think, when he's winning and when he's playing well. Not necessarily jumping around and screaming, but the little fist pumps to himself or the snarl, that's not there. Nathan Aspen has always been pretty animated. And I just... And, and Dimmy is Dimmy, right? But I don't know where I'm trying to go with this anymore. But yeah, so you know I mean, just... it's, it's just absent of something and I think these players need it to click on and it, it's where they're devout of, of confidence basically and even if they don't believe it I think they need to start just putting those reactions in because even if they don't believe in themselves that they're going to get a result or, or do something do it and see how your opponent reacts it's change it whole, try something it, different because you're not getting anywhere at the minute is what I'm trying to get out of this I think yeah, it's that whole sales mentality as much as anything. If you sound confident, someone else will believe that you're confident. And I think that's part of the whole thing with with Van Gerwen and Aspinall and people giving it the big one a little bit. If you're giving it the big one, that's because the other player's going to think he's on it or he's in the zone. He's I'm up against it. And I think that's part of what it is. It's just that peacocking thing of putting the confidence out there, even if you're not actually that confident. If they think you are, it's going to help you. Yeah, I, th- I think you're bang on. I am pretty sure that Cross has spoken about this in the past, about how, how, he, how he's tried to do that. But I, I, always, I always feel as if Cross's reactions are artificial, to be honest, when he's done it. With certain uh, people like Van Gogh and Price, stuff like that, it's just more of a reaction. Whereas Cross, I think, does exactly what you're saying, Cam. He tries sort of give the double fist pump just to try and cheer himself up and show the bit of peacockery to his opponent. What well, he actually did it in the match. I don't know if he's he's noticed. I don't remember the shot. Van Gaewen did it and gave a big roar and then cross hit back with a 180 and did give it the big in with the two. But it just got shut down straight away with the, the quality of Van Gaewen. So there was a sign there that it was coming back, but it's just I don't think it comes naturally to him. So without the crowd and without the intensity I, I think that's why we're not seeing it as much. 
I just think he needs to commit to it. Adrian Lewis has kids has completely disappeared as well, and that's gone with his form. Right, yeah. moving on before we get talking about players screaming instead of actual darts for the rest of the evening. Uh, game number four we're going to talk about uh, was slap bang in the middle of the session, and it was a duel between the World Cup of Darts Scotland teammates, or the normal team, not the team we saw last year due to COVID. Uh, Peter Wright, seven. Gary Anderson, four. Um, and it was a return cam of the World Championship winning darts for Snakebite. It was. And I touched on this in the roundup before. It begs the question, why doesn't he just stick with them? <laughs> I wish I knew the answer. I genuinely wish I knew the answer because I've sat and watched his press conference. Like I keep saying, they're all available for you on our YouTube channel. And it wasn't a question that we asked, actually. I think it was asked by uh, Josh Green of Tungsten Tales. He said, Peter, how many sets of darts have you bought with you for a week like this? And Peter went seven. Mm-hmm. How many do you expect to use? I don't know. It depends what my brain says in the morning. How does that work? Seven sets of darts. He's only here for five nights. That's more exactly. than one a game. Exactly. And we've seen him tinker and change. He changed mid-game last night. And all right, we are aware that he didn't feel well. Um, that is also an interview. He says he didn't feel well uh, opening night against Johnny. And he definitely didn't feel well yesterday. He's starting to feel a little bit better today. But I just don't... I, I, I still cannot comprehend this, this constant flittering and changing it is between two sets of darts it's between the diamond grips and it's between these world championships if you're going to change just change between those two because the rest of it is a complete nonsense waste of time in my opinion yeah i, I mean, think you'll both agree yeah he said in the interview after straight after the game as well he said that he felt he needed to straighten up his throw and that's why he went back to them like if they're the ones that you throw straighter than anything else then use them every single day of the week it doesn't make any sense. Also, the fact that he's been feeling a bit ropey for a couple of days and he's feeling slightly better. Has his and Gerwin Price's test got mixed up? <laughs> oh, steady, steady. We don't <laughs> want to start stirring that one. Um, Gary Anderson, then, uh, his opponent's not beaten again, but stays ahead of right on leg difference at the minute. Not quite the all-soaring, all-conquering Gando that we were promised that the World Championship's going to keep going back to that. But a 98 average from Anderson looked like he was about to put a little bit of a spell together, although the release wasn't quite there timing-wise on his action. Um, he's just happy plodding along in the midfield at the minute, Scott. Yeah, no, you're, you're buying on a bit of the action. Just two ministry of that's just... Pretty, pretty much in every leg we, we've seen probably about two, two or three times and that's what ultimately cost him he's, he's plodding along I just think that's perfect analogy for him and he's looking as if he'd be good to finish in fourth spot that would be where my money would be going just now just good enough to squeeze in without you know coming up majorly on the radar and that's I think the read at the start last night that excluding 2019 when he didn't play since 2014 he's made the playoffs every year so there's nothing to suggest that that's going to change at this point. And if you compare that to Peter Wright, who's only made it twice in the in the same time period, it is exactly what you boys were just saying. He cannot stick to a set. He cannot stick to anything consistent. And when you're playing in a league phase that's, what, 16, 17 nights, 
that's why you don't collect enough points because you keep faffing about. So that's why Gary will get there most of the time, and that's why Peter doesn't. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he's averaged 98 tonight, we've I mean, just absolutely slated the action, said he was throwing way too many loose darts. He chucked in six maximums and was 40% on the doubles, four of 10. Should the rest of the field be worried that the likes of him and Van Gerwen are back to making poor performances or aesthetically poor performances but still their numbers wise that it's just going to click for these guys again very very soon yes and, and what Gary was really shabby last year and but, but still should have walked away with that Premier League title and I I think the box will suit him as I've once said in the box of five and I think he will reach the playoff night in a playoff night, he is more than capable of producing his A game at any point. It doesn't matter if it's Michael Van Gerwen or Rob Cross and that, he can win that game. So, in terms of Van Gerwen, I don't know. I think it would be nice to see the rivalry sparked again. I don't know. What do you think, Cam? Do you think who's more likely to get back to the game quicker? You would think Van Gerwen, I take it. Yeah, I think, look, judged off what we saw tonight, at least, he he looked almost right back there to his very best. But, as we sort of know all the time, Gary's only ever one visit away from releasing the dart properly and putting in an absolute barrage for three or four legs where he can take the game away from you. He's could never drawn tonight. Could easily have drawn tonight with those two doubles at 12s. He could. And that's the thing. He literally it doesn't take him long, just it can be one walk away from the hockey and back to it, and he's all of a sudden he's switched on for three or four legs and can take it away from you. I think he's always gonna have the odd bad legs in there. He's never gonna average quite as high as Van Gerwen does. But he can put it together for long enough in a game to beat anyone. I just don't think we're going to see it just yet. Well, we might see it tomorrow, but you, you <laughs> never really know with Gary. We'll get on to uh, tomorrow's fixture shortly. One more game to talk about this evening. Uh, a win for last year's runner-up, Nathan Aspinall. Oh, what a uh, surprise you left this to last. In the top four. Hang on, how else was I going to construct this? Tell me tell me where you'd have swapped this. I'd have put it first, just Yeah, you. I bet you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I control this and you just do as you're told. Uh, Nathan Aspinall beating James Wade 7-4. Another flat performance consecutive days in a row from Wadey where he just didn't look like he was going to fashion anything. 92.5 average for him. Uh, Aspinall finds a way to win again in the Premier League. He, he's got a knack of this. 96.5 average from him, 53% on the doubles. Um, all around, uh, just a solid night for Nathan Aspinall. It was. He's he's one of them players. He really likes this format, I think. And I think he likes the big stage. He like, just. I think he'd be even better if there was a crowd in there as well. I think we all know that. He's one of them players that really feeds off it and struggled a lot in the early stages of not having a crowd there. He was he was very good tonight. He's not... If you look at the the stats on their own, he doesn't look like he's played that well. Only 96 and a half, but he did drop off a little bit 
after he'd sort of got the game won. It was 5-1 up and he was flying. He hit seven perfect darts in the first leg, which always helps as well. Um, yeah, I thought he was I thought he was good tonight. He looked back to himself and weird he was never ever in it. Again. Again. <laughs> Which is probably the most disappointing thing when you look at the table, if you're me anyway. Uh Scott, let, let's stick with Aspinall quickly. He, like Glenn Durrant, we, we've spoken in the past about him seeming to prefer an, an underdog mentality. He likes when he's got something to prove. He likes when he's not favourite to win something. That basically got him to the UK Open. Uh, the Was it the Vegas? Did he win? Yeah, he won Vegas. Yeah. And both times, he were, people were li- pretty much writing him off every single round. He went through some absolute quality opponents to get over the line with that do you think he's not been playing horrendous he's just been not been picking up results recently is there a bit of you that thinks perhaps this was some sort of ploy or or construction from Aspinall to get himself ready for the for the Premier League coming as an underdog everybody write him off when he goes and does what he, he loves to do that is an outrageous conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe what I'm hearing. I'm not suggesting he's been in games off, you know what I mean? But like, you are. From the world That's exactly like, what from, you just said. From the World Championships, the Masters, not really that important, struggled at the UK Open and a couple of Pro Tours, just used it to get his game where he wants no, it to be God, without stop, putting stop. too much pressure <laughs> on picking up results. And now he's in the Premier League. Put the shovel down, In the mate. top four. And picking up points against people that last week people were putting Aspen on the bottom two. He's, he's basically safe on four points, isn't he? Right, yes. But no, he, he, he just was playing bad for a while, okay? There was no major <laughs> conspiracy, right? We, we played three games. He played, on Monday, sadly, as cruel as it is, he beat, he beat a man who would lose some Q-school games at the moment. Second day, he lost... And then he went on the third day where he played well. Okay, so I'm giving him credit for one day, and I think we need to calm down. However, what I will give you is you're bang on about the underdog thing, and he is going under the radar. And when I was speaking yesterday, that's exactly how he qualified for the the semi-finals last year. It wasn't really the man on anybody's lips. Glenn was one top of the week. Peter Wright was a one on form. Gary was the one putting a great run of results together. And then there was there was Nathan who somehow made it despite getting beat off the cross and Gurney in the same Premier League. So, yes, he's, he's sliding away under the radar again. And yet there's a lot of traits coming back from last year that are copying in this one. But but no, he did not lose games on, on purpose. I didn't say he lost games on purpose. <laughs> but perhaps him not being informed was the best preparation for this in a, in a roundabout, bizarre way. He's averaging 97.5 through three nights and 44% on the doubles. That's very Nathan Aspinall of old. Um, Wadey boys, a quick word before we talk through tomorrow night's fixtures and the table as it stands. Um, high hopes for him, despite personal allegiances towards players when he when he did enter this tournament. A lot of people instantly, the, the minute news was announced that Gerwin Price uh, had to withdraw due to uh, testing positive for COVID-19, that, that James Wade was in the Premier League and actually, after winning the UK Open, looking pretty good at the Super Series, 
there was plenty of talk about him potentially going on to pick up the Premier League title or being a serious contender for that. That hasn't quite materialised after three nights already as he finds himself in the bottom two. No, it hasn't. Uh, we both talked about this in the quickly put together analysis piece that we did on, on Monday when the news broke. We both had a feeling that he would be, at the very least, a contender for the top four, if not one of the players that would be right up there. And first three nights, he looks like he came here not having practice and not having expected to throw a dart. And he almost might as well not have done so far. He's really not looked at it at all. And hopefully that changes and he gets a bit more competitive in games because... He's not been a great watch watching him play so far. He's not been involved in any any fantastic games. And we want to see everyone firing in the Premier League where everyone's competing every week, every game, every night, day in, day out. And he needs a serious upturn, whether it's mentality or whether it's just in something in practice to get him going. But something needs to change, otherwise... It's going to be a very short return to the Premier League for him and might well be the last time he gets a go at it. Yeah, well, winning the UK, but all talk was that he would be in next year's field because he'd been excluded from this one. A shocking performance in this Premier League, now that he's in it, might mean that that UK Open win doesn't get him in next year. He really does need to find something and... And clip because after them opening night 6 1 8, I thought, here we go. All right, a point with Gary Anderson, you'll take it open a night, you'll settle in. The next two nights, scoring has just not been there at all. And he's allowed a 94 average and a 96 average to beat him quite convincingly in consecutive nights because he's just not close enough in the scoring phase to get a crack at what he's good at. And that's picking people's pockets with legs very slightly further behind. And just to, to quickly uh, jump in, just before we move on, just about Wade's qualification for next year, it, it, I think he'll, he'll probably get there on ranking, won't he? If he's well number four. And I, he's, he's not defending a lot. I think that yeah, is the exactly. way that he gets yeah. in at the minute. If he was to dip or somebody in the next four was to go on and win two of the big ones and jump above him, I think we'd be sat having the same conversation we had for the eight to ten weeks building up to this year's Premier League. Does he get in? Is he what the commercial side of the of the tournament want to see? No. Uh, but that is a that's that's the completely question, though, different it? debate for another night yeah. once again because we could do that over and over and over again. But right, let's look. it is it is a fair question though, and if he finishes bottom of the table this time round, which might take some sure. going the way Glenn's playing, <laughs> but all right, if he get if he gets relegated, then because that's more realistic and looking quite likely the way he started. I, I don't think he's. I think it justifies a rule change in qualification in terms of qualification because he doesn't deserve to be there again if that happens, unless he goes and wins something else again this year. Maybe, but Cross got relegated last year. Yeah, I was saying yeah, Cross, Cross was just as bad. Sadly, if they were going to make the rule change, they should have done it this year for Cross. But, that's yeah. that's that's true, but Cross is a little bit more marketable than James Wade is. 
next few nights are massive for Wade. He's got Van Gogh in tomorrow, but then he plays Glenn Doran and Jose de Souza. It loses them two, he's gone. Well, yeah, gone. massively. But ideally, at the minute, he needs to jump Jose because we, we think Glenn's in a bit of trouble. So let's talk through the Premier League table. Then the 10 are as this. Uh, Dimitri Vandenberg finds himself top of the table. He is on five points. Uh, he's on a plus nine leg difference, but he has won 10 legs against the throw. That is how he finds himself top ahead of Michael Van Gerwen. Five points for him, a plus nine leg difference also, but he has only won eight legs against the throw. Uh, Johnny Clayton is in third, the nine dart hero. Uh, he's on five points as well. Uh, all these guys have played uh, one, two, drawn one. He's on a plus eight leg def- difference, so just one behind the top two. And Nathan Aspinall completes the top four at the minute. Four points for him uh, with a plus five leg difference. Rob Cross is in fifth on three points. Uh, He leads both the Scots, who are also on three points. Gary Anderson in sixth and Peter Wright in seventh. Gary ahead by one leg. Uh, Jose de Souza is in eighth position on a solitary point. Uh, One leg better off than James Wade. And Glenn Durant holds up the table at the minute. Still yet to register a point and a minus 15 leg difference after that performance against Dimitri Vandenberg. Moving on to tomorrow, boys. Let's do our score predictions for the five. And then we can let everybody get back to their lives, whatever you're doing uh, on Thursday as you are listening to this uh, so I hope you've got these in front of you uh, or I've started planning this because if we waffle any longer, we might lose some people. Game number one, uh, it is the landlord against the tenant of last year. Dimitri Vandenberg takes on Peter Wright. Scott, I'm coming to you first. I am going for the pupil beating the master. I'm going 7-5 to Vandenberg. Cam? Uh I'm gonna. I'm going for a draw. I think this will be a great game. I think it'll be a really good watch. I'm going six apiece. I fancy a draw too, but I'm going to caveat it the same way I did two nights ago when I spoke about the Peter Wright, Michael Van Gerwen preview. It all depends on right what darts Peter Wright rocks up with tomorrow. If he rocks up with the diamonds or he rocks up with the World Championship darts, a draw or a win for Wright. Anything else in his hand to start the match? Dimitri Vandenberg beats him comfortably, but I'm going to pick a draw. <laughs> yeah, so you've just said all three options. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hey, I'm the man with the power, but it's simple, isn't it? Game number two, uh, tonight's nine dart hero, Johnny Clayton, takes on Rob Cross. Cam, your turn first. I think Cross will be competitive again, but Johnny Clayton's just playing too well. Closer win than maybe someone might expect. 7-5 Johnny Clayton. Going all the way. Scott, for yourself? Similar logic, but I'm going 7-4 Johnny Clayton. I too am going to go with Scott. I think 7-4 is a good shout in this one. For the Ferret, game number three, Jose de Salza, the special one, takes on Nathan Aspinall. Scott, you're first. Uh, I like both, but I think one has shown that they're collecting points and one has shown that they're not. So I'm going to say 7-5 to the Aspen. Cam? Uh, 
Yeah, completely agree. Um, I think As will just get over the line. He'll hit the shots when he's two seven five. I've got the same victor, but I think seven four. I just think look, D'Souza will put together a couple of legs as we've seen him do, but I'm yet to be convinced he's going to do it for what could be twelve legs. Game number four, James Wade takes on Michael Van Gerwen. Can't remember who's first. Cam, I think it's you. Seven one, Van Gerwen. Sheesh, Scott. You just said that to annoy me, didn't you? No, I, I was this close to saying seven <laughs> nil to, to annoy you, but no, seven one. I, the way he's playing, he'll be lucky if he gets that one. We are worlds apart on this. I am going six each. I think he's playing so horribly. It would be the Peter Wright effect of the other day, and they would drag down Van Gaelen into their scrap. It would be horrible to watch. We're going to have to endure twelve legs of a six each. Nah, there's no beef there. That's what that's what created the the poor show in the other night. I don't know. There might be. <laughs> there's there's not beef, but there is a record, and that's the last. Premier League campaign, these two are both involved. James Wade did not lose to Michael Van Gerwen. He was the only player in the field not to. That is true. And I think the same as Scott. I think Wade has to turn up and get going at some point. If you can't get yourself fired up for Van Gerwen with the games he's got the following nights, uh, then he is in a bit of trouble. So I too am going to back the draw in that one as well. And finally, Gary Anderson versus Glenn Durant. Uh, Scott, I think it's more a case of how many rather than the victor at the moment. Yeah, uh, I am reasonably optimistic. I am going 7-4. I think it will be horrible. I think Gary won't be able to get into a rhythm and we're not going to see... Again, I think it's going to be a a hard watch, but I am going to say 7-4. You're really selling enough. tomorrow night for our listeners, mate. You're doing uh, a sterling job. Well done. Yes. <laughs> Come to you. Absolutely. Back the overs on the legs with Scott Mitchell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I am going the other way again. I'm going to say Glenn gets two legs off Gary. I think it's 7 2 to Gary. And I think it's probably 5 0 again that he ends up being down and then maybe grabs a couple later on. Yeah, I had the same number in my head. I've got seven, so I just think even when he's he's throwing the odd bad dart, the, the rest of the score and power for Gary is going to give him enough opportunities. And I just I don't want to sound like we're kicking Glenn when he's down because he is a fantastic person, but it's it's just not enough time to click. He needs to get through to the end of Friday, get home get on the practice board, try and put something right, just prepare different... Or in fact, not even practice, just put your darts down. Just don't worry about darts for a week because I think he's overthinking a lot at the minute. That is tomorrow night's predictions in the bag then. Uh, gents, thank you very much for joining me. I have absolutely no idea how long we have rambled on for this evening. Uh, thank you very much for listening to day number three of the Premier League Daily Podcast of us at Online Darts. Um, don't forget tomorrow night's action is back at 7pm British summertime on Sky Sports Action catch it all there I can't remember who's on our blog tomorrow because I haven't prepared that well Um, but if you are out and about don't forget you can get that up on your phone and tune in 
and keep up to date with all the action that way. And of course, we will have as many reaction interviews from the players as possible over on our YouTube channel uh, with the magnificent ginger ninja that is Phil Bars. Uh, Jets, thank you very much for joining me. Um, I suppose we're on the countdown to night number nine, aren't we, Jarley? Thanks for editing, mate. And we'll speak to everybody very soon. Good night. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.